Today's podcast is brought to you by Vibby.com, the quick, easy way to make highlight videos of your very own. Simply log on to the site, put in the timestamps of your favorite moments, and watch as the highlights spring forward into a video of its own that can be easily shared across social media and other content platforms. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log in today to bet on all of your favorite esports games and see if you have what it takes to win some Unicorns of your own. Who knows? It might be enough to win you one of those awesome prizes they have in their marketplace. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I'm a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor for Slingshot Esports. And welcome to day five of our North American LCS team by team podcast preview. It is a very exciting team to talk about today, a team that proved Walter and I very, 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 very wrong when we did our preseason previews last time around. We are here now to rectify those mistakes, and I now would like to invite Walter Siedis Fedchuk, my good friend and fellow contributor on Slingshot, to join me in this mea culpa of a podcast. Walter, how are you doing, man? See, I'm conflicted. I'm very, very conflicted because my my love for Team Solomid has not been lost on this podcast. I am the quintessential TSM fan of having been a fan of Reggie's and the brand since it's almost its inception of watching them at the Season 1 World Championship and, and a little bit prior to that. But at the same time, I look at this team, this team that we're going to talk about that's not TSM, and I go, I finally have to accept that they're very, very good and that TSM's domination over the hearts of North America is slowly coming to a close because it's really, really hard to hate this team. Like It's really, really hard to hate CLG. Yeah, welcome CounterLogic Gaming. You've officially found a place in our hearts. Ever since Malixia took over and the Zix run coaching staff really became the name of the game, this team has grown split after split. They have now gotten back-to-back championships, and it only looks like it's going to get better from here because they didn't change a thing. They looked at that roster and said, we won North America. We got second place in MSI. Let's just run this back, which is absolutely the right call, especially after they had those impressive 3-2 victories over Team Liquid and TSM in the North American playoffs en route to that eventual championship. So, Walter, since we don't have any roster changes to talk about, let's look at what is it that this team was able to do that made them so effective and, and were able to prove us oh so wrong last split. They're completely all in on this Zix lull philosophy, this this system. I think he's the closest to Greg Popovich or Bill Belichick in League of Legends. He's he's taking players that don't necessarily fit on other teams. You look at them and X Smithy, he had his one like really successful stint on Vulcan. Um, and then turned into XD and then, you know, wasn't a good team anymore. 6A never had any success on any sort of professional or challenger level. Darshan had, you know, limited success on Dignitas and on GGU, Coast, Dynamic, whatever the hell you want to call that roster. Hui, limited success on Team Fusion. Aphromoo is really the only guy that has had any substantial success 
the rest of his career. And even that has been on CLG. So he's taken this team. He's gotten them to buy into their system, into their play style, into this is what makes CLG tick. This is how we're going to play. And he took them to a second place finish at MSI, which if it wasn't for a major, major problem in the mid lane, uh, in terms of talent differential and SKT's willingness to switch into the NA range support meta, you know, they, they crushed the rest of the tournament other than that one series. So man, like I said, it, it's really hard to hate this team because all of them are so like lovable. Like Darshan, you love listening to him talk. He's so intelligent. His AMA on Reddit was awesome. He really answered questions. He's really open. Hard to hate the guy. Xmithy is just like very quiet. You don't see a ton out of him, so I can't really make an accurate statement. Hooey, Twitter, all of us North Americans love. Stixay is quiet. He's reserved, but he's realizing that he's replacing one of the greatest 80 carries in North American history. He does his job and lets... Let's his support talk. Let's his support defend him. Like Afromo is like, you know, Kevin Durant coming out to defend Russell Westbrook where he's getting everybody's face. And he's like, me and Six Air, are, you know, arguably one of the best bot lanes in the world or, you know, definitely the best bot lane in North America and blah, blah, blah. So it, it's hard to hate this team. And that's coming from a TSM fan who has literally since season one had it etched into his soul. You hate CLG. You hate George, you hate Chowster, you hate all these guys, and it's really hard for me to do that with this roster. Yeah, they're a fun roster, and what makes them fun is exactly what you said about them buying into the system. This feels like a complete team. It feels like a team that has a very secure identity, and I mean, I think it says, you know, the most that you as a TSM fan, after all of the shade that Aphromoo threw at Double Lift after they won the North American Championship you still can't find a reason to hate these guys. Because you know what? They were the best team. They did prove that they could do it without double lift on that roster. And they did it by playing as a five-man unit. You know, This is the ideal that we have been looking for in North America for forever. This is exactly what, you know, when foreign teams talk about, this is a North American team that plays like a team. I believe that teams actually mean that praise. This isn't like the Monte Cristo, oh, Koreans never say what they actually mean. I genuinely believe that they notice it because it's very noticeable. And it's one of those things that I think sets CLG above the pack. They might not always have the talent. And that's what I want to get into in this next session. But when they are so clearly on the same page and playing on the, you know, on the same level, they're rotating at the right times, they're picking the right fights, this is how you go through MSI and you beat every team in the tournament at least once. And that's something that a North American team being able to say that was unfathomable at the end of the World Championship in 2015. And here we are only a few months later with who he and Stixay having developed as much as they did. But Walter, you did hint that there is that storyline to watch here when it comes to the mid lane. What is it that you think, if you're an analyst trying to you know, look at what's going to change about CLG, what are you looking for this split? Who he has to get better. Like, I, you could say it about everyone. You could say Stixay has to get better. Smithy has to get better. Aphromoo has to get better. Darshan has to get better. Like, everybody, every team, everywhere has to get better. But for me, for CLG to truly be a threat to winning a world championship, and again, that's my lens. My lens is, in the summer, your goal is to win a world championship. It's not not to get relegated. It's not 
you know, to make the playoffs. It's not to win North America. It's literally to win a world championship. And this team just showed, you know, less than a month ago that it had the chops to go into an international tournament and take games off of the top teams across the rest of the world. But the biggest flaw that they had was the talent discrepancy in the mid lane. I get Faker's a god. Faker is the best player in the league. history of League of Legends. I completely understand. But even the disparity between Maple and Hui was was massive, was almost as large as the difference between Faker and any other mid, mid laner at that tournament. It, it's, it's massive. So Hui in particular needs to be the guy that gets better. He was he showed that he's willing to, you know, come up with these weird strategies and play the Aurelian soul in a very similar manner that Keen used to play Hecarim where it's just come in, spend all your mana, push the lane, go back, run back into lane, push all, you know, with all your mana, go back, you know, whatever. And he now needs to fine tune those in a way that Keen does. And he needs to turn into an anti-carry or get as good as the rest of the players that he's going to be facing and not become the lead brick that holds this team down. And and there are some stats to back that up as well. He had a 4.2 KDA last split. That put him at 7th amongst mid laners. That was mostly because he was dying a significant amount. He had the second highest death percentage for his team uh, amongst all mid laners. Only Pyrian died more often for his team. And, and this is the kind of thing that you need to figure out. What is Huhi's role on this team? If his role is simply to farm up, Hasn't been pretty great. He hasn't been particularly great at that. He was eighth in the league in CS per minute. Uh, is his gold damage per minute? Well, he wasn't particularly awesome at that either. He was fifth, which is one of his best stats, to be honest. And that's one of those things where he needs to figure out what his role on his team is, and the team needs to play around it. They need to understand what his strengths are and actually work towards accentuating those because we now have best of threes this regular season. They have plenty of games to experiment and figure out where they want him to fit. And it's time to figure that out and do it in a way that makes sense because otherwise it's going to pop up when, especially given how much the mid lane has changed with all these 6.9 changes. But Walter, there's a best case scenario for this team that is quite bright. And I want to hear you break it down right now. What do you see uh, when you look at the most optimistic version of this team you can come up with? I mean, the best case scenario is that they repeat as champions and they become three-time NA LCS champions and they get the number one seed and go into Worlds. And Hui spends this time in a very mid-lane rich environment where, granted, you know, Ninja is not, you know, arguably one of the best mid-laners in the world. Even Bjergsen at this point isn't, you know, you don't consider him a contender for Faker's throne, but there are really, really good mid laners here. And he needs to use this opportunity here to get better to the point that when he does get on that international skate on that international stage, he isn't such a liability. I think it's possible. He's shown that he's willing to put the work ethic in. He showed that he's willing to be unique with his play style and his picks. And that's what it comes down to. This team just took second place at, you know, one of three international competitions that happened throughout the year and beat SKT one-on-one 
which is something that very, very, very few teams can say outside of Korea. So the future is very, very bright as long as things keep going the way they go. Stixay keeps progressing, Hui keeps progressing, and they keep buying into this model that Zix Lull and the rest of the staff at CLG has created. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even when I try to look at the worst-case scenario, just to give us that range of, you know, places they could end up, I find it very hard to see this team finishing any lower than third because the system's just too good. Darshan is too good at adapting. We had that big question mark for a while there, especially after IEM Katowice. Can this team adjust if Darshan can't split push? And then we got to the playoffs and we got to MSI, and the answer is yes, he absolutely can. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, I, I guess if you had to paint the worst case scenario, uh, maybe X Smithy takes a step back. He was incredibly good last split at being a supportive jungler, uh, but now that you need to spend more time in the mid lane rather than the top lane, and who he hasn't necessarily been as good at making plays as we kind of noted earlier in the podcast, maybe that ends up working to X Smithy's detriment. Maybe Stixay takes a step back because, you know, for a guy that had very little experience going into this split, he played to an extremely high level. And it's possible that teams look back at the film as they're going over, you know, what CLG just did at MSI and try to, you know, pick apart some weaknesses. It's very hard to repeat in anything because everyone comes out and says that we are going to give this team best run that we have because they're the team to beat they're the champions they're the ones we're going to have to prepare for and with these best of threes there is going to be a lot of opportunity for people to try to figure out what is it that zix has done to make this team tick and if teams unravel it if they find flaws in the system and they find a way to subvert it then maybe clg falters a bit but even then it's hard to see them faltering too far i just feel like this is a team that can, is almost certainly going to Worlds, if not by winning the championship this split, just on points alone. Walter, where do you see this team finishing at the end of the day? So for me, the top five teams in North America are a little hard to peg down, getting the exact order. But I believe that CLG, with the talent they have, with everything that they've shown over the past three, four months, uh, has the the gumption, the wherewithal, the desire the strength, the talent, the whatever adjectives you want to jam up in there to be the number one team in North America. So I'm going to say I think they're a top three team uh, when, when we look at the end of the split. And I think they're going to go to Worlds. And I think they're going to be very strong at Worlds. And we saw last year Europe had a really good showing at Worlds. And the year before, North America had a pretty good showing. So I think this year's North America's year. And uh, we might we might see a pretty pretty strong CLG team take the reins. Yeah, I am very optimistic for CLG this split. I have finally, uh, you know, come around on, on this team, and I think they're going to be a top two team. I'm willing to go that far. They're the team to beat until someone proves me otherwise. You know, Immortals had a great regular season and then faltered when it mattered most. Maybe that doesn't happen again. But until someone proves that they can really match CLG tit for tat in a best of series, CLG proved time and time again they know how to make adjustments mid-series. They know how to alter their pick and ban to put themselves in the best position to succeed. And until they prove otherwise, I think they're the team to beat in North America. 
I have, I have very high hopes for this team. Hopefully you guys have very high hopes in our predictions. If you do, you should definitely let us know about it on social media. I am at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Where can the nice people at home find you, Walter? You guys can find me lamenting my newfound love of CLG at C80s underscore LOL. You just got to embrace it, man. The sooner you embrace it, uh, the, the happier you'll be, and the sooner we'll stop getting death threats from CLG fans from Last Split. If you enjoyed the show, you should definitely subscribe on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on the podcast section of iTunes if you search Rough Drafts there. If you do that, you'll be sure to get all of our podcasts, uh, including the rest of our previews and, of course, the Guess the Lines podcast that we do throughout the regular season. Uh, you should also be sure to listen to all of the older episodes if you haven't gone yet. Uh, we've done Cloud9 NRG, Immortals, and Echo Fox in North America. And we've also been doing this over for Europe. We did Schalk, H2K, Rockat, Fnatic, and today we broke down the Unicorns of Love. So you should definitely check out all those episodes. And come back tomorrow where we'll talk about a team that just seems unable to escape their true destiny. So until then, goodbye, Internet.